With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Last time I had the pleasure of Ian Finlay's, uh, Ian Finlay's company, it was uh, 2019. After the semi-final, when Toby Green uh, charge of making unreasonable or unnecessary contact uh, with the face of Lockie Neal was upheld, he missed the preliminary final uh, going to the appeals board. But before GWS took that case to the appeals board, I got Ian on. Um, he's a 40-year player advocate, uh, two decades with Victoria Police. He's represented some of the biggest names in the history of the game, Gary Ablett Sr., Dermot Brereton. Um, Glenn Archer, Chris Grant, just to name a few. Uh, and he's always so generous with his time. And he's also uh, a, a big part of uh, working on the, the board of uh, the MND. Um, he sits on the fundraising committee for Neil Danner's MND Foundation, as, long, as well as many other charities. Uh, served in Vietnam as well. So it's a, uh, a, a very accomplished um, and experienced man that we welcome back to the sporting capital. Uh, it's been good enough to jump on again. Ian, hello to you. How are you, Sam? I'm really well, thank you. Um, this is I, I was today when I was I knew that you were coming on. I thought, now when was the last time I had Ian on? I looked it up, and it was surprise, surprise for Toby Green <laughs> two years it ago. Um, yep. We we didn't have any luck, or they didn't have any luck at that time. But this time, first and foremost, what did you make of the tribunal's decision to uphold the MRO's charge against him last <laughs> night? Well, look. They can only appeal if there's two issues. One has to be an error in law and the other one has to be whether a jury properly instructed could come to that decision. But it just seems to me ludicrous that the AFL can have incidents this year, especially the Bailey Fritch one, and they say to the tribunal the other night, no, you're not allowed to see that. Like, how silly. And that's the error of law because I would suggest... Adrian Anderson will put to them tomorrow night that they should be able to watch that because if they made a decision earlier this year on an identical incident, why, for heaven's sakes, wouldn't you be able to show it? So if you were still working as a player advocate, how ferociously would you be fighting that, that precedent that the AFL has set that you can't use examples from this season? Well, I think you'd have to, Sam. See, what they do, they've done a compilation of incidents, but over previous years, not of this year. And their argument is you can't show incidents this year. But surely if the incident is identical, why wouldn't you be able to show it and the tribunal let one guy off and you say the other one off? So, Ian, and, and that's really interesting, and I brought up the other ironic part of all this today is that Andrew Brayshaw, who for some reason was charged with intentionally making unnecessary or unreasonable contact to the face of Jared Berry, um, whilst Joel Selwood two months ago for the exact same action was only charged with misconduct. Andrew Brayshaw couldn't get it overturned at the tribunal last night and I'm thinking one of the reasons why is again this rule because his defence, they couldn't use that Joel Selwood example. 
That's right. And it just seems to me ludicrous that you can have incidents happening this year in a tribunal, make a decision this year, yet you can't show that incident. Like, how silly. So, if you're in any court in the land, you're bound to do, you're bound to show those things. So, Ian, if you're rocking up uh, looking to defend Toby Green tomorrow, what's the plan of attack? How would you get him off and, and get him available to play? Well, when you watch a piece of tape, for every one second of tape, there's 28 frames. And what I did today was looked at that and stopped it and slowed it down. Now, if you go click, click of every frame, you will see that prior to contact, danger slips and his feet go from under him. Now, had he stood up and not slipped, he would have hit him across the chest. So what I would do would be to show the freeze frame, click by click, to show how much he falls, how much he lowers his body and where the hit to him would have been had he not slipped. Now, Jeff Gleeson said in response to that last night that, that he's he believed that they provided evidence that that didn't lower the head of Dangerfield in any way, shape or form, that slip. They must be looking at it from a different angle than I am because I, I, I thought it did. But how would you go about uh, refuting that claim? Well, I would certainly have shown... I, I would have gone to... And what I used to do when I did all the tribunals was I'd go to Channel 7 and just to do a 15-second clip takes an hour. So you have to put a bit of work into it and then you would stop the frames, show it, put a light on it, highlight it and show him the exact time when he falls, when he slips and how much he slips. Now, I don't know whether they did that or not, but certainly that's what I would do. So when it comes to, to, to these kind of actions and when it comes to the way in which they're prosecuted... Uh, by a Jeff Gleeson. One of the things I'm wondering whether would you try and put a, a, a light on the fact that the whole idea of the potential to cause injury only seems to get used in trying to justify a suspension and get sort of used when it's convenient. Well, look, I guess look, he's a pretty smart guy, Jeff Gleeson. That guy's a QC, and I've mm. been up against him. He's a very, very smart chap. But you've got to say, if you look at the tape and take all the factors into account, the speed they're running at, where Toby's coming at, the fact that he's got the ball, the fact, yes, he's trying to fend off, but he would have hit him in the chest and certainly not in the throat area. But you've got to have a duty of care to your other players, I appreciate that, and you've got to look at the potential of cause injury. But I think this action was a football action and the reason I say that is because had he not slipped, it would have just been an ordinary fend-off and it would have been an, just a passage of play. So Damien Hardwick said today that as a footy action, that happens 20 times a game. Is that something else that you'd look to do, Ian? And, and that's to try and find as much vision as you possibly can of players doing this over and over and over and time and time again. Um, I know that Jared Waitley um, had Justin Lepich on saying there's three types of fens and this is one of them. Um, but the, the result is not ideal, but it is a football action. So do you look to try and provide evidence, overwhelming evidence of this as a regular footy action? No, certainly. And I guess the fact that Damien said it, because the classic example there is Dustin. When Dustin Martin gets the ball, the first thing he does is he throws his hand out to fend them off. Now, he does it fairly and he hits him in the chest. Sometimes it goes a little bit higher. And if it does, it's a free kick. And that's what the rules are. But the rules are not there to rub guys out 
when it's an act of play. So, Ian, is there a rule that currently exists in the rule book that says that if you're looking to break a tackle or fend off a potential tackler that you can't use your forearm? No. No, there's not. So this, no, there's not. So this wouldn't be breaking any current law that exists other than a free kick for high contact? And that happens, as Damien said to you, that happens 20 times a game where guys will fend off and irregularly they'll hit them in the chest and then it'll be the throat or it might be in the face and the umpire says, high tackle, high fend off, free kick. Now, the fact that he went off the ground and I'd suggest went to hospital, that's probably exacerbated this incident. But to look at the other side of the coin, he's going to play this week. He hasn't missed a training session and their own medical people put a report in to say no injury. So, Ian, as you mentioned, the two ways to, to, to try and have a tribunal situation, a, a verdict overturned, is you've either got to say that on the weight of evidence that no reasonable jury could come to the conclusion or the penalty is manifestly, manifestly excessive. So can you see an argument using both of those avenues or is it just the one? How do they go about it? Well, I, I think if they... Well, I don't know this because Adrian will do it. And bear in mind, Adrian Anderson's a pretty smart guy too. He's yep. a lawyer. And he was like the operations manager of the AFL. He's, he's a pretty smart guy. I would go... I don't know what Adrian will do, but I would go an error of law to lodge the appeal because of the fact they didn't allow him to show the vision, which I would suggest would exonerate him. The other point that's being made by a few people off our text message, Ian, and, and this is an argument they're throwing up, they're saying it wasn't a fend-off, it's an elbow. So that, that's uh, the argument no. they're making. Can you refute it's, that statement? No. Yes, yes, most definitely, because if... Look, and I... There are people that are parochial, but if you watch the incident in its entirety, if you slow it down, and as I said, there's 28 frames to a second, stop it prior to, you'll see that he's got his arm up to fend him off and his elbow. And if you look at the thing when it rolls through, it actually hits him with his upper shoulder. Right, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. So we'll have to make sure we look at that vision and, and try to slow it down as much as we can. So the other part of this is you believe that, 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 that Paddy Dangerfield has contributed to the area in which the contact occurred. I would suggest so, and I don't say that disrespectfully to Paddy. No, of course not. But what he does, the fact that when he... And if you look at when he slips, he even takes a clot of dirt out of the ground. You've got to really watch it in its entirety. Had Paddy not slipped and gone low, he would certainly have hit him in the chest. Ian, really appreciate it. So that's the plan of attack if you were running things uh, for the Giants uh, tomorrow night. Anything else that you'd throw into the mix or it's just, is, is the tactic in these to not overcomplicate it and try and actually simplify it as much as you can? Well, I think you've just got to be succinct in your argument, how you present your argument, and just bear in on the points that you're going to make. Really appreciate it, Ian. It's enlightening as always, mate. Thank you very much, and we'll, we'll watch with a heap of interest uh, tomorrow because uh, he's such a crucial player to them. I know that doesn't get taken into consideration. Oh, here's one for you before we let you go. You've been there yes. 40 years. Is there? Yeah. Have you ever felt that there is players who were treated differently because of who they are uh, and what they'd done and that there was a bias towards? In your 40 years of doing this... Were there people that would just, you know, people have said that this is the Toby Green tax. Is there a tax for certain players? 
Yeah, there most certainly was. And the obvious one was Dermot Burton. If you remember the incident when he was alleged to have stood on Raven Tallis's face. Yep. And I did that, and we could categorically prove that when his foot was above him, there was a shadow. If his foot was on his face, there wouldn't have been a shadow. When you get a guy 90-odd kilos stepping on your face with stops on, you'd leave abrasions or illusion. There was nothing. He was dead set gone before we went there. That's fascinating, Ian. Mate, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. No, thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Uh, Ian Finlay, 40 years of experience as a player advocate, represented some of the biggest names in the game, two decades with Victoria Police, and he's on the fundraising committee for Neil Danaher's MND Foundation. Uh, It's wonderful to be able to listen to his experienced view of those events and how he would mount the Toby Green defence to try and get this overturned tomorrow at the AFL Appeals Board. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.